Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Real with Juan Martinez. And Stephanie Rave. And Stephanie, let me tell you something. This is so exciting because we are <laughs> recording all the way in Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska in the building. Alaska. We are here. <laughs> Man, this is this is exciting. And you know, we want to tell you thank you for all the people that are supporting through YouTube, podcasting, writing all the letters. That's just super awesome. Yeah, thanks to everyone for showing love and for partnering with us and making it possible for us to even be out here to be able to um, reach all the prisons that we're reaching and just have we have a ton of things coming up that we're excited to oh, share with you all uh, we're talking like i don't know <laughs> I, it can't get any better than you know just when uh, i believe the body of christ is doing you know something incredible even though there's a lot mm-hmm. of people talking bad about the church mm-hmm. i truly believe that the church is unbelievable that uh, not just the people that show up to the building but the people that are truly connected to the head jesus christ and are part of the body mm-hmm. have been doing the work and are doing the work and they're beautifully and wonderfully made and yeah. i'm excited that god has connected us with this pastor let me tell you what this pastor's doing like josh and johnny tanner are incredible pastors incredible leadership they're going to be talking he's going to be talking about leadership and stuff during this podcast few things but what he is doing we had meetings with prisons he's going to flood the prisons with bibles and the book beyond the yellow brick road and just this whole evangelism thing and just all of these things that are outside of the walls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so this pastor is just his leadership is so amazing because not only is he, he thinks big but small big yeah. and small you know which is important yeah that's how you and grow. um having meetings with the chaplains the chaplaincy of the prison system here in alaska to also go in have a pre-program and after program and while they're in their program yeah but also like figuring out how to get you know, all different types of like shows like ours, you know, or people that really can speak that language um, into the prisons in all 12 prisons, reaching over 5,000 inmates in Alaska. Yeah, it's exciting because it's not just about getting a message into the airwaves in the prison, but actually um, making tangible resources for the people who are incarcerated and their families that are on the outside and waiting for them to return, you know? So that's, yeah, that's, super that's the exciting part. Yeah, and, and I don't know. His his vision, he's a true visionary, very futuristic thinking, and just the way he brings things back, scales them back, but then takes you back out mm-hmm. into the future. You know, every now and then, people think I'm crazy with my faith, and <laughs> you always got find that one guy that yeah. challenges you, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of goes, well, that's great, you know, you want to go here, what about this and then you actually like have Mm -hmm. this choice now of like you get nervous yeah okay that's this guy (laughs) i know i heard (laughs) a little bit before we came out here and everyone's like oh are you so excited to go to alaska i'm like i am i'm like but there's gonna be two pastor fonts i'm like so i don't really know around here everybody's josh yeah so we're like two joshes i might have to change the same energy you know same energy same like all right cool let's do it tomorrow Tomorrow. now in an hour okay we already have the the schematics well yeah you know if we let's put our hands together for Josh, Pastor Josh Josh Tanner. What's going on, Welcome, dude? Pastor. Well, hello, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, let me A lot tell of you. energy in the room today. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. Please talk a little bit, you know, what, I mean, obviously, for we know you. Know for those you. who don't know you, though, what are some of the things that, who is Josh Tanner? Yeah, <laughs> Josh right Tanner. I'm a unique human being. I'm, <laughs> usually, when people find out I'm a pastor, they're like, Wow, they made you a pastor. <laughs> All right. I guess anybody's qualified. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm like the least of these. I grew up in a little town called Nikiski wow. uh, here in South Central AK. You think you were hard? 
yo, try growing up in South Central. Like, hey, oh my God, it's <laughs> really yeah. hard. Yeah. You got to grow up, get past all the blue tarps. Oh my uh, well, we there's about four thousand people total in that whole wow. town. It's mostly oil field. Commercial fishing. Right. Uh, what town. are the blue tarps for? Yeah, <laughs> blue tarps are uh, to block the rain for okay. your house. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty the, common. Pretty, yeah, or okay. just, uh, I don't know, their decoration. I guess it's decor out there. Okay. Yeah. And usually in small towns, is there like a big drug problem there and stuff? Yeah, tons of drugs. A lot of uh, satanic activity, actually, wow. in wow. those spaces. You know, wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of uh, depression, isolation that happens out in the more rural areas. And, of course, in Alaska, there's we, we hit the mark. We almost get every uh, bad award you can imagine for sex abuse, domestic violence, neglect, uh, everything hard you can imagine, you know, we're, we're kind of at the top of the list. And so, wow. you know, there's a lot of serious problems, the mm-hmm. isolation, the dark and the winters and all of that is a big factor. But um, And most of the people don't, you know, when you think Alaska, you think fishing, just, you know, tourist. you don't really think unless you're in Alaska and you live yeah. here. Yeah. And then, so, okay, so your whole life you're like, I'm going to be a pastor or... Nah. What does it look like? No, so, I grew up. Was uh, I grew up totally isolated from Christianity. I didn't uh, have. I never went to church. Never even opened a Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus was really my favorite cuss word growing up. Really? I never had uh, any exposure. I was actually totally confused around Christmas time of who this baby in a manger was. It wow. was I was so just isolated from Christianity. And then my wife now, she was just my friend in high school. She was the first one to introduce me. To Jesus, and I was actually extremely extroverted person, and uh, very connected in my community. But really, I actually crazy thing about me is I I thought that I had cancer when I was young, but I was too afraid to tell anybody, so I thought wow. that I was going to die. So I had this big fear of death my whole life as a young person growing up, and so I was sort of like, hey, if I'm going to be dead in the next yeah. three months to a year, then I'm going to live my life as if I'm going out. And yeah. uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So I was all in. I w- would burn the candle at both ends. And my whole goal was to populate my funeral. I wanted people to show up. I wanted my life to matter. You're and kidding. I was super afraid that my life just would never matter to anybody. And, mm. and there'd be nobody at my funeral. So it was actually wow. after time. Wow, yeah. that is <laughs> the mind blowing. Yeah. But go ahead. This is incredible. Yeah. So that, that really shaped my upbringing. It shaped my whole mindset. And I know that God crash into my life and the Holy Spirit had spoke to me before I even had gotten saved because I had this thought that a 14-year-old kid should never have, which is if it's wise or it's true, then you should do it. Mm-hmm. I know that didn't come from my yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, little brain growing up next to the chemical plant out there you oh know, in the oil yeah. patch. So I uh, really uh, kept living my life and just trying to impact as many people as I could and then so I you were like evangelizing for the doctor the opposite way. I was just evangelizing for me. Yeah. Ooh, you know, it was yeah, all about yeah, me. Yeah. And I had no idea of, of what would happen if I when I died or how I would end up getting to heaven. I believe there was a God. I had no idea who he was or what he expected from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just darkness. It was like total fear of the unknown. And the only thing I th- could think of is if I was a good enough person and impacted enough people, somehow I wouldn't be alone. Wow. And so I just kept hustling every day to make an impact in one more person's life. So I went to my high school. I mean, I knew all over 400 students by name. And I would. <laughs> You're kidding. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot of energy. You were a great connector, like, from the start. From the beginning. The Lord had just really done it in my life. It was life. your gift. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was using my gift to survive, mm -hmm. which is the thing what most all of us do, right? So we get scared early on. We start to self-protect and we put on survival gear. We use our strengths to survive. And my greatest strengths around communication, woo, mm -hmm. and uh, strategy, I was just trying to really, oh. I thought about it like populate my funeral. I wanted there to be a big, long line. Yeah. Hardly anybody could get in. And yeah, your yeah. wife today is the one who gets you saved. That's right. So I used to take students out that would be new to my school, and I would invite them and help them connect with people I thought that they would, uh, you know, maybe make good friendships with so mm -hmm. they wouldn't sit around for years or months wow. or whatever in our school and not have friends. So my wife was new. Uh, of course, she was the girl that yeah. every guy wished yeah. they could be with, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I played it cool. I kind of waited back and let them all uh, fail. Yeah, had a plan. Had a plan. Yeah. yeah, I had a plan. A little strategy, strategy there. And I let, you know, all those jokers kind of get yeah. out there and, like, she shot them all down, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I ended up connecting her with some other people. Well, by God's design, I connected a whole group of Christians, which I didn't even know what a Christian was. Yeah. And I'm the only non-believer in the group. Like, I think you guys would click. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, why. I think you guys would click. And it yeah. was just the Lord. And really setting myself up. The Lord was setting me up. Yeah. Wow. And so every time I'm like out of the car or whatever during the whole night when we're all hanging out. They're all praying for me and like, we're going to witness to them and all this stuff. And then finally they did. They witnessed to me that night. That's and cool. my wife, now she had told me that there's a God-shaped hole inside of every single person. And you can try to fill that with everything else, but you'll never experience fulfillment until mm -hmm. you put Jesus. That shape is Jesus's shape until you put him in there. Then you're going to really understand who you are and what you're made for. And then wow. God spoke to me audibly. I mean, I've never been to church, never opened a Bible. God spoke to me oddly. I couldn't be, believe no one else heard it. He said, I'm real, and this is what you've been searching for. And nice. then I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. It was radical. Okay. That's crazy. Then what happened? Like, <laughs> so I know your passion, and I want you to talk a little bit about, because now we've heard your story. We know that it, you, know, you, you had this encounter with Jesus, yeah. and everything changes for you, yeah, right? right? So as God develops that gift and all that, Obviously, you love strategies, you love leadership. What's in, what do you think is important um, when it comes to leadership uh, as a man? Okay, so right? So I'm glad that I had a chance to just tell my story about how I encountered Jesus because that's the most important thing. Yeah. Like to me, I didn't church became my family because my family abandoned me when I got mm. saved. I didn't realize they kind of hated Christians. Wow. So when I got really? saved, my family cast me out hmm. and the church became my family, right. you know, and people that love me and disciple me in the church, they actually related to me. And so my relationship with Jesus is not about the church. It's not about a Bible. It's not about services. It's really about him connecting with my heart. And so everything wow. that I do in my life, I didn't decide I wanted to be a pastor. Like I had another encounter with the Lord and God <laughs> wrecks me and I got baptized and filled the Holy Spirit. Wow. And in that moment, the Lord just spoke to me and said, I've called you to be a pastor. And I didn't even know what that was. And so I just had to pursue <laughs> what like that looked story. like. Yeah, yeah. And yes, like yeah. Twins. This is We're one like of the twins. reasons like, I feel connected to you, Juan, is because, you know, God did. I always say God just crashed into my life. Yeah. And he chose me. He picked me. He, he wrecked me. And it was all about relationship. And so to me, the if you're thinking specifically about being a man or being a leader, it all starts with full surrender to the one who loves you the most mm -hmm. and the one who can truly help you 
move forward in if you want to succeed at anything in your life it's going to start really from this surrender to a real relationship not a bunch of rules not following and trying to be a better person but just literally to a relationship with jesus okay i want to ask you this question because i've heard you say it twice and i believe that one of the biggest problems in america today is that i i guess for me um you know my upbringing or the areas like, you know, the hood or just areas that I kind of know or just in general, I feel like people don't really know what a relationship is. I heard you talk about how your family abandoned you. And really, I think in family is where you really learn relationship. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes there's this disconnect when we're like, have a relationship with Jesus. And if you think relationship of what those hurt relationships because yeah, you right. don't really know That's relationship what you model you know yeah That's what you saw is what you try to duplicate but you don't even know with jesus totally right true. so like if you like for me my dad came like maybe every other like mm-hmm. maybe twice a month so i'm thinking like yeah. relationship with jesus cool I'll talk to him twice a month and he barely provides yeah. in my head right yeah. even if it's it's in the subconscious right but that's how i treat god yeah. until i really start to get an understanding of relationship if you could if you if God was like, hey, tell the the planet here because you know we're in Houston, Dallas, Austin, all these places, and everybody's listening right now, and they're like, what is a relationship? Yeah. Before you answer that, we're gonna go to a really quick break, and Pastor Josh will give us the answer to that amazing, phenomenal question that what Pastor What is a relationship? <laughs> I want to know. Go get your copy of Juan Martinez' newly released book, Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. This book gives you the courage to face the storms of life with a new heart in mind as you journey through the pages. Juan Martinez ties in Holy Spirit truths with honest insights about his struggles from New York street life to hard time in the Texas prison system to a radical transformation that saved his life and launched an impassioned ministry that's leading the lost to meaningful relationships with Christ. The amazing thing about your purchase of this book is not only do you get set free, but at the same time, someone who is incarcerated or in a program will also receive a book at no cost to them so they too can experience being set free. You can help us reach our goal to cover 106 Texas prisons by purchasing a copy at JuanMartinez.tv on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Thank you for being the hero of this story. Come experience the love that will change your life every Sunday at Get Rab Church. You can hit us up at two locations. 23221 Aldine Westfield Road in Spring, Texas, 77373. Our service times are 10 a.m. and 11.45 a.m. Or you can hit us up on the south side at 2535 Galveston Road in Houston, Texas, 77017 at 5 p.m. Not in Houston? Not a problem. You can watch from anywhere in the world by downloading our free GitRap TV app. We want to thank all our partners who support us. Because of you, This Is Real has a tremendous reach all the way from Houston to Galveston, up into the Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin area. This show airs in over 50 state prisons and jails with over 130,000 inmates tuning in weekly hearing the good news. Help us stay on air by becoming a monthly partner. Visit JuanMartinez.tv or download the free GetRap TV app. And we're back. And we are back with This Is Real, Juan Martinez. Man, you guys were waiting patiently for Pastor um, Josh to answer this. So go ahead. Give yeah, us yeah. What your, what what's your answer to that. What, if somebody's like, what is a relationship? How do I, what does that look like? Okay, so let me just say this okay. first. Is that God made you as a snowflake, right? Yeah. You're the most unique thing on the planet. Wow. You're not like anyone else. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. will be. You have a thumbprint that will match no one. 
and you have a personality with so many layers and dynamics to who you are, the way God shaped you in Ephesians 2 actually says you're his masterpiece. Mm -hmm. You were created in Christ Jesus. So this means God shaped you, all the weird stuff, the quirky things, the dynamic things that maybe you haven't discovered about you, the way you think, the way you process, the Mm -hmm. way you internalize or process out loud, externalize as you think. Everybody has unique traits that are so deep and layered that it makes you the only you ever. Even right. if we have like similarities, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm, Sorry, mm-hmm. there's so many breakdowns and where we where we have so much diversity mm-hmm. in who we are. And so the first thing about knowing who you are in God and hearing his voice and have a relationship with him is knowing you. And then falling in love with you. You're his masterpiece created wow. in Christ Jesus to do good works. He prepared in advance for you. He thought about you before the end of the mm-hmm. before the beginning of the world. And he designed you for a relationship with who you are. So falling in love with who you are and stopping trying to pretend and be somebody you're not. So you're incarcerated. Yeah. So what? All right. Who are you? Mm -hmm. That's a thing that happened. What you did isn't who you are. Problems that happen in your life. Sure, we all have brokenness and we all did things and make mistakes, every single one of us for a reason. Mm -hmm. But it was always about some sort of damage that happened to a very precious, important person. Mm-hmm. That's you. Yeah. And who is that person? And yeah, we put on survival gear to protect ourselves from getting hurt again. And that actually leads to a lot of mistakes and m- mistaken identity and broken identity leads to all kinds of brokenness. But if you can get past and up into the beginning spaces of what God shaped you to be, your personality, your likes, what do you love? What do you hate? What do you hope for? Who are you? Deep in that space, that fingerprint of who you are, that masterpiece God made you, that is where God relates to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that person, not the person you want to be or think you need to be, but who he actually made you to be. When you and I fall in love with that individual, and that takes time, by the way. Yeah. That's a process <laughs> of discovery. So you're like, man, I, like, like to me, I, I hear things, and that's how God speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Some people see things, and that's how God speaks to them. They're visual. They're visionary. Or sometimes they dream. They dream dreams. This is all stuff in the Bible, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they might fall asleep, and they like see these pictures and dreams. They're like, man, why do I always dream so vividly? Listen, God is speaking to you. So you're good. a snowflake, man. You're a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So... You might have certain, uh, you might be a very internal processor. You love to write. These are the places where you're going to find God in the way he made you. So you're like, Mm. man, God is really that specific. We think so much about him, which is good. Fix your eyes on Jesus. We need that. But he is the author and the finisher, the writer and the completer of your story and your book, right? And he wants to meet you because he loves you and made you so unique in the way he designed you. And Mm. I think this is a key to hearing the voice of God is and to know and it's not about you and I if you and I start getting into religious behavior and we start trying to do things to win God's approval he won't show up Mm. he will not show up because he doesn't want you getting off track yeah he will only show up for you in relationship he did all the work and he wants you to receive it the one job Mm -hmm. you have is to believe on the one whom he said that's Jesus and so this is the starting place of your identity is Falling in love with the Father for who he made you to be and expecting him to show up and speak to you in the way he designed you. Mm -hmm. This is part of how he helps you love you. Yeah, that's really good. You know, I, I, I heard you say, you know, I just I like listening and then kind of picking something. So we're talking about having a relationship with Jesus. But you said earlier that your family had abandoned you. Yeah. So. Um, and you also were saying that you pick up identities based upon most people pick up or everybody does uh, yeah. pick up identities based upon something they did. Yeah. So there was probably a time in your life 
when your family left that you maybe had abandonment issues and rejection issues and stuff like that. How 100%. do you go from, you know, remember this is real, so keep yeah. it real with the folks, right? <laughs> um, you know, was there a time where you, your identity was wrapped up maybe in your abandonment and rejection and how'd you get out of that? That's a great question. So. Um, my life was, pro- my life today is still affected by that abandonment and that mm-hmm. rejection. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, also by two of the most impacting emotions that we all have, which is fear and shame. So for any of us to believe we have overcome fear and shame in our life, or even if we get breakthrough in fear and shame to think that we'll always be free, no dice, man. You are yeah. you are going to wrestle those beasts mm-hmm. till the end. If the second you decide you're going to stop warring against that and fighting against that, um, it's going to start sneaking in and it's going to take over. And you think you're in control and driving? Nope. Sorry. Fear and shame is driving the bus in wow. your life. So what I would say if I was going to go back and say um, when I, when when I experienced abandonment, I was like a hometown hero. I was like. Uh, um, People would call my mom and say, oh, my gosh, your kid is amazing. He's like taking my little junior higher and, uh, you know, seventh, eighth graders and sixth grader. I go visit those and do motivational speaches and stuff. I was nuts. And it was it was all for me, Mm -hmm. even though I was showing them like like I wanted to help them. But the reality was, is that I was really focused on me and I got all that accolades, performance for acceptance. Like but then the second I gave my life to Jesus Instead of being my mom and my family's hero, I was all of a sudden the outcast. So it was a long way to fall. Wow. So my identity, what that really did for me is that I was so isolated there. My relationship with Jesus was like the only secure thing I had. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I fell so deeply in love with the Father. He was the one faithful person in my life. And it happened like a light switch for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the rejection and abandonment... I had so much fear of being alone that I shifted all of that stuff. Instead of performing for acceptance for my family, it was now for the Father, mm-hmm. which produced all kinds of great Jesus stuff, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it for the church. I wasn't doing it to please my pastor. It was to please my Father God. And I thought he needed all that work from me. Wow. <laughs> and so it really distorted the way that I related to him. But the biggest thing it did is because I was so afraid of letting any person down around me that my, my, my wife now, we fell in love. The, the rest of my story is right after I got saved, apparently I was irresistible. Yeah. And then uh, so now, now the guy who she wouldn't give even one minute to, that once I was a Christian, she's like, okay, now I like, I, yeah. I, I like what the, what's happened in this guy's yeah. life. And so we ended up falling in love. And one of the things that happened is because I would get so afraid when I was in public and I'd turn this public persona on. And I mean, I could like influence. It did not matter how large the size of the room was. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. full on. And I was like trying to keep everyone in the whole room from ever getting hurt. Because of my fear and my abandonment and the hurt that I experienced, I never wanted anyone to experience rejection. So did that affect you as a dad with your ki- with oh, your kids? The biggest way it affected me as a husband first was... When my wife, she was the only safe person in my life that mm-hmm. I felt safe with, we get into public, she'd disappear. I couldn't even see her. I couldn't hear her. She would wow. be like, I mean, invisible, a blind spot to me. And obviously that goes super good for your marriage. You know, those are great <laughs> times. 
when you go home, kidding. and he's yeah. like, yeah. you know, yeah. I was talking to you, yeah. and you didn't hear me, and uh, I was getting yeah, yeah. everybody else knows. No, I can't wait till <laughs> oh she hears gosh. that. It, that voice. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, 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 she's going to hurt me. Yeah, that'd be a whole other. Can we edit that part? But she, you know, truly got hurt for, I mean, 20 years. We've married 25 years for 20 years of our marriage. Wow. I wow, have, wow, wow. I, even when I discovered that was happening, I tried so hard to stop that fear control thing that started taking over. But it was coming from that same place, that same survival gear that I had to go wow. in and unpack. And um, but yeah, that happened with my kids. I would sometimes I would be trying to keep them from experiencing any kind of rejection mm -hmm. that I would actually start shaming them. And, wow. and to try it because I was so afraid of them experiencing the same kind of hurt and rejection I experienced that I wanted to try to protect them from that so that I become hyper vigilant about trying to like help them get better at certain things or, you know, change different things about themselves. And it really was all about helping them uh, not get rejected themselves. Yeah. You know? And really yeah, there's good. a lot of damage that happened in my with my kids over all that. Mm hmm. I, I think it's interesting. Um, you had said earlier, you know, how I guess it's kind of like an inclusive, right? You you you're, you wanted to include everyone so nobody feels left out. And, and what you were talking about, how God designed each and every one of us uniquely, like the snowflake, right? Yeah. And I think um, what you're sharing, and you're a pastor, so you, you shepherd a ton of people, yeah. you know? And I feel like that's something that um, once we understand, like you were talking about earlier, the, our identity, and then we build our, our relationship with Christ is how then we can build relationships with the body and right. the and the people that are, you know, in our our circle and how we become that family. Right. Because right. I, I had a question, you know, so before when your own personal family abandoned you, what, what was that like to then be where the church family was like your only family? Yeah. So was that like an instant kind of thing to where like, OK, fine, they rejected me and these accepted me. I'm going to run here. Or were you still like hesitant? Because a lot of times, what the reason I'm asking is because a lot of times, sometimes sometimes people don't like to have that family relationship in church. Yeah. We don't know how to have relationships with the people that we go to church with, with the body, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that kind of thing. We don't understand that. No, I want to have relationships with you, not just on a Sunday. I don't want to just say hi and bye. Like we want to be able Community. to just show, Hang out. you know, the ugly parts and yeah. the, and celebrate the beautiful parts too. You know. So what yeah. was that like for you to kind of have that newfound family in your church? Yeah, I think. Um, right away, because I'm I'm sort of a connector, mm -hmm. so I connect very quickly with people. And then I think the harder part was to go deeper and then stay in their relationships and mm. not be afraid that all of a sudden <laughs> something bad would happen and they would just dump me. Yeah, you know. And so I would I would be in enough, and then I would just be really terrified that okay the shoe's going to drop at some point, mm -hmm. you know. And that has been something that's really been hard when you when I've been in pastoral ministries for 20 years now as a youth pastor been a lead pastor for a long time now so um the hardest thing that I don't think any human being can ever get used to is when people leave you sometimes they leave for good reasons and you're sad sometimes they die and mm -hmm. I guess that's a good reason yeah you know yeah. you go to heaven if but you're saved, if yeah. you're saved yeah. right but or they just leave for nominal reasons oh i don't like you know their coffee shop it's really not has oh. does you guys don't cook the right kind of beans you're like <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You're dead to me. You can no longer yeah. talk to me anymore. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and when they first got there, though, they were like, "We're gonna be here forever." Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, I got your that's back. right. You know, the guy that comes up to you after you preach your first sermon and their first time at church, yeah. and they come up and they say, "This is the best. You're the best preacher I've ever heard." My You're like, "Yeah, this is now. the last time I'm gonna see yeah. you." The next week, you won't be here. That is wow. always that guy. But then, you know, there's just some Ooh. sort of bump I love or ripple in the in in the current of life that happens mm-hmm. all the time, and it ends up. Because we get trained, especially in America, we're trained to have it our way. Mm-hmm. And this is not kingdom thought. Yeah. Like if it was Burger King. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Or we, we go to, you know, we go into a mall. We just don't go into any store. We go into the one we want, the one we <laughs> like the best. And, you know, the yeah. certain ones were like, yeah, no, you don't give me the service I want. Mm-hmm. Church is not a place of service. I yeah. don't even like that we call them church services. Like, it yeah, kind of bothers yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But nobody can come up with a better name, right? So we yeah. still keep doing it. Yeah. But it's not a service. It's not a place where I serve you. It's a place where we worship. Yeah. We worship the King of Kings. It's a place where I, I bring my offering mm-hmm. to Jesus, my friend, who crashed into my life. I did nothing to deserve or, or have Jesus so good. come reach me. All I did was curse his name. Mm. Why did he come rescue and save me? It's because he loves me that much. Yeah. yeah. And wherever you're at today, you're in prison, you're in a deep, dark, hard place. You've got to uh, get rid of all of the thoughts of why God, w- why you would deserve for him to love you or not. The fact that you've messed it up so much is the perfect opportunity for him to display to you mm. how much he genuinely loves you, how deep, how wide, how endless his love is for you. He actually designed this entire experiment called life for us so that in the midst of our pain, our suffering, our loss, our rejection, our deepest feelings we have for him to meet us in that space mm-hmm. yeah, and to choose so him. Because if we don't choose love, see, love isn't authentic unless we choose, right? Mm-hmm. So that love relationship, I had an opportunity when God crashed into my life and said he's real. I had an opportunity to choose him at that point. Mm-hmm. And it seemed pretty easy and obvious to me. I'm like, he's real. He's true. I'm like, Why would I yeah. not serve you? And then he had the opportunity to show me how much he loved me to then redeem and rescue me and pull me out of my pain, not based on anything I had done, but on everything that he had done. So being able to experience that and give that exchange to him is part of how you discover who you really are in him, right? Yeah, and you need the people. Yeah. like You, you, you know, need the people, people around you, you, you because do. you will, to get through the difficulties and struggles of life yeah. alone and isolated, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. And just coming back full circle on my story of abandonment, yeah, those triggers would come up. It even come up with my own family, with my wife. I just kept thinking, oh, it's going to happen someday. She's going to die. She's going to leave, whatever. And even if it was subconscious, yeah. but I would hedge and protect against that. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long journey of like, no, the thing I know that I need is relationship. I yeah. need that connection. And even if I'm afraid, yeah. I need to do it anyway. Yeah, because do you it need, scared. That's where you. Scared, that's yeah. where yeah. healing yeah. comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, because you know, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm always saying this. You know that thoughts and beliefs create emotions that drive behaviors. So True. even if it's in the subconscious, a lot of times our behavior is based upon that thought mm-hmm. or belief right. that is not really there in front of you, but it's in yeah. there in the core That's of your right. being, what we say the center, the heart, right? The heart, and right. Uh, that drives everything. That's where all the issues of life come. True. So, you know, it's awesome to see, you know, what I'm hearing is the story of redemption, yeah. 
the story of a person who could not see and now sees yeah. and is helping so many people. Mm-hmm. You know what we're going to do? We're going to come right back with Pastor Josh as we do Dear Younger Me. Yeah, we're going to jump into some fun segments and we're excited yeah. to hear also more. Also enlightening segments, yeah. you know, because he has a plethora of wisdom and I want to tap a little bit into that leadership yeah. stuff. Yeah, and so we'll be right back. Go get your copy of Juan Martinez's newly released book, Beyond the Yellow Brick Road. This book gives you the courage to face the storms of life with a new heart and mind as you journey through the pages. Juan Martinez ties in Holy Spirit truths with honest insights about his struggles from New York's street life to hard time in the Texas prison system to a radical transformation that saved his life and launched an impassioned ministry that's leading the loss to meaningful relationships with Christ. The amazing thing about your purchase of this book is not only do you get set free, but at the same time, someone who is incarcerated or in a program will also receive a book at no cost to them so they too can experience being set free. You can help us reach our goal to cover 106 Texas prisons by purchasing a copy at juanmartinez.tv on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Thank you for being the hero of this story. Come experience the love that will change your life every Sunday at Get Rab Church. You can hit us up at two locations, 23221 Aldine Westfield Road in Spring, Texas, 77373. Our service times are 10 a.m. and 1145 a.m. Or you can hit us up on the south side at 2535 Galveston Road in Houston, Texas, 77017 at 5 p.m. Not in Houston? Not a problem. You can watch from anywhere in the world by downloading our free Get Rab TV app. We want to thank all our partners who support us. Because of you, This Is Real has a tremendous reach all the way from Houston to Galveston, up into the Dallas-Fort Worth and Austin area. This show airs in over 50 state prisons and jails with over 130,000 inmates tuning in weekly hearing the good news. Help us stay on air by becoming a monthly partner. Visit JuanMartinez.tv or download the free GetRap TV app. And we're back with Pastor Josh yo, yo. <laughs> from Unite Church. We're all back. the way in Alaska. That felt like we zoomed back, <laughs> man. And, uh, man, it's just an incredible story, an incredible um, just testimony of what God can do you yeah. know, in our lives and, and, you know, finding that identity in our relationships and having a relationship with Christ, too. So uh, moving on to, segments. yeah, we're going to yeah, jump into some segments cool. with so you. So we're going to ask you some questions. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, Let's spotlight. Here we go. Spotlight. <laughs> all right. So we're going to do Dear Younger Me, right? So Dear Younger Me, we like to paint you the picture of... Uh, back to the Future. So, mm. you know, we hop in the DeLorean, if we go back in Come time, on. any age that you could pick, if you could pick an age to, you know, the younger version of Pastor Josh, what age were you? What were you like? What were you doing? And if you could go back and give that um, younger version of yourself a piece of advice, what would it be? And tell us, you know, what age that is for you. Oh, my God. Anything. Yeah. Because <laughs> somebody's listening, they might be that age and it might just change the course of their life. Yeah. Right? Okay. So you get to go back. And I get say, to go back. Any age. Yeah. It okay. could be 20. It could be three wow. years ago. It could be 10. It could be any age. Okay. So I would go back. I would fly back. And I'd probably be 17. 17. Okay. What was 17-year-old Josh? I'd jump out of the DeLorean. <laughs> Shh. Yes. Come on. Come on. Awesome. This is the best DeLorean act we've had yet. All right, so uh, 
I would jump out and 17 I, year old I was Josh. 17. I actually would be right around the age. This is just about a year after I had gotten saved. Yep. My wife and I were looking at getting married at the ripe old age of 17 and 18 wow. years old. She married me. I was 17. She was 18. She That's was my legal guardian. guardian. Come on. She's my legal guardian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's how I yeah. got in the Mexico <laughs> uh, for my honeymoon. Yeah. And um, it was, you know, if I could go back there, I would tell myself, um, that I, it was okay to just lay down all of the performance for acceptance. Mm. Wow. You don't have to perform anymore to be accepted. Wow. And, and I would tell myself, listen, you're about to marry the most beautiful, amazing woman on the planet and just slow down and focus on her. Mm. Not everything else. Mm-hmm. All oh, the so- hustle, all the have to succeed, have to, uh, you know, continue to like, cause I was so afraid about taking care of everybody else all the time that I feel like I missed her mm. like too much. You wow. know what I'm saying? So like, That's if I could go fire. back, it'd be all about just my marriage with her, you know? That's really cool, man. So and just cool. slow down. Cause you know what? We would have still accomplished every single thing that the Lord wanted for us. And I would, if I could tell myself this piece of wisdom is to really listen, believe, obey. Listen to the Lord, believe what he says, and obey that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do any more. And you're not doing it to be accepted. You're doing it because it's what's best. And it's going to produce the most fruitful, most best true. life in whatever my ministry call was, whatever yeah. my family, you know, God wants to do in and through my family. I, I mean, I probably did, especially early on in my 20s. Um, it's like I lived three lifetimes. Wow. Mm. I didn't, it wasn't necessary. About the time I was done being 20 in my 20s, I was tired. <laughs> Had six kids. Yeah. You know, we've been ma- I mean, we've been married forever by the time we were 30. And we were tired. Yeah. We remodeled tons of properties and we've like done so much. Wow. And in fact, we've done everything that hasn't worked out were all things that I didn't listen to the Lord on. Mm-hmm. I just did on my own. And I didn't, there were times when I just stopped. I'd pray and ask God for a word and then I'd go do it. And then that one thing would be good, but then I wouldn't check in for like yeah. another year or something. I'm mm. like, man, why is all this stuff breaking and going wrong? And he's like, you know, you stopped asking me what to do. <laughs> yeah. Like, check in, bro. Wow. <laughs> I got way more stuff for you. Like, how about every day? Yeah. In fact, I realized if I could tell myself, this would be another thing I'd tell myself. Yeah. It's like, hey, you suck at running your life, bro. <laughs> Stop trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Let God run your life. Wow. He is way better at it. He is so much better at running my life than me. And I, I no longer have an opinion about my life. I just want what he has for me. Because he, when, I, I, when I've learned this over time now, I truly know and believe that God is good and he is loving. Mm-hmm. So whatever he's leading me into, cool. even if it's terrifying to me, is always for my good. And it's full of his love. Yeah. And we do that a lot sometimes. I feel like as mm -hmm. believers, we'll go to God with the plans that we already made in our mind. Facts. And then be like, hey, Lord, bless it. And then it goes crumbling down. And you're like, what Mm -hmm. happened? God, I prayed. It's like, well, did you ask me? Like, did you you even see if it was my will? You know, so that's that's really good. You know, Josh, I'm going to put you back. So you you just got back. And we're like, what's up, Josh? How was it? So you've changed the course of 17-year-old Josh. And many who probably listen to that, who probably are thinking now, man, I need to slow down and 
pay attention to my wife, or maybe yeah. I need to slow down and pay attention to my kids, mm -hmm. or maybe I just yeah. need to slow down and pay attention. Pay attention to the Lord. <laughs> yes, what did he say? Yeah. Yes, but I'm going to put you back in that DeLorean. The guy with the white hair, he's like, Josh, Marty. come back. Marty. Yes, and so I'm going to put you back there, and what I want you to do is to go back to a young person who's like uh, the, young, the younger version of you starting ministry mm. as a pastor. Mm. What would you say to that pastor? Wow. He's thinking, man, you know what? I really want to pastor. Mm. And so, you know, he's looking at all the stuff and, you know, he's super mm. excited. What would you say to that guy? Um, you know, I think I would say, so I'm talking to myself again, yeah. talking yeah. to myself. Yeah. I mean, it's almost really the same message in a sense. I feel like to me, it's like, listen, your opinion does not matter. This is not about you. Mm -hmm. Wow. And yeah. it's not about acceptance. It isn't about, um, I got so hurt in ministry that I took it so personal, people um, leaving me and not either following through. Um, they make promises and then boom, they're gone, you know, um, or just straight up betrayal. I mean, I've had total betrayals too. Knives and, in the back. Yeah, knives in the back. I would just tell myself, listen, this is going to be hard. This isn't going to be Disneyland. This ministry is spelled W-O-R-K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D-I-E. <laughs> like, this isn't about you. Yeah. And this isn't about what you're going to get. It's what you're adding. So just be a sower and expect nothing in return. And so, That's so good. just sow seed. Don't, don't manage the return, even though you're going to nurture it. But it's, but it's truly instead of, I, I thought that I was doing this, but I just didn't know it. You know, like I thought that I was just building God's kingdom purely, but I was still building a little, a, bit, of a little bit of my kingdom, a place that would make me feel safe and the way I perceived what safety would really be. But that really wasn't what was totally safe. And so for everyone else, and it really wasn't me truly being a steward of just God's kingdom. So a steward is like, this doesn't belong to me. This belongs to God. So I really yeah. don't, yeah. my opinion doesn't matter. It's really good. My job is to be faithful with it, mm -hmm. to nurture it, and to just sow seed and put it in the ground, add value to people's lives. And when Jesus comes back and says to me personally, with, I'm only responsible for what he put in my seed bag, not what I think people need from me. Mm -hmm. And so to just be able to die to other people's expectations of me and what I think they think I'm supposed to be for them. Mm. This can happen in any of your jobs. You're a CEO, you're a business yeah. person. Maybe you're working in a prison and you're starting to get influence and you're doing ministry in that prison, whatever it is, people start to look to mm -hmm. you. And now you have expectations that you've built in your mind about who you need to be for them. Die to all that stuff. Just be who God That's made good. you to be in. What is he asking you to do? And all he's asking you to do is what he put in your seed bag. Mm -hmm. What is in your sower bag? There's no other responsibility than to sow that seed. You don't have to know more than that. You sow that, and when you're faithful with it, Jesus told us he'll give us more. You'll look back in that seed bag, and all of a sudden you'll have new wisdom that you're like, how did that get there? I don't even know how I knew that. And all of a sudden you're giving out new stuff because you're faithful with what he gave you, and that's it. Mm -hmm. If I could tell myself that, I would be so 
have so much less anxiety mm -hmm. throughout all the years. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Do you want to go to the next segment? Yeah. So okay. next we're going to dive into uh, what we like to call the fear factor. Mm. Right? Fear <laughs> so, factor. You know, we're not going to give you bugs to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have nothing gross or creepy or nothing like that. But sometimes as, you know, you hear Christianese, right? So we're like, oh, I don't. I don't believe or I don't live in uh, I don't, I don't live walk in fear, with brother. yeah I don't live in fear and all that but it's like but hey let's be honest and this is real so there were moments in our lives and the awesome part about this is that we can share so that others can be set free right yeah. so there were moments in our lives that we had a fear of something whether sure. it was like you were saying fear of abandonment fear yeah. of what people thought of us you know and we'd like for you to share something that you had before right but then not only just share that experience but tell us how you overcame it so that we can equip those that are listening to how they can overcome it too yeah. awesome okay so a quick thing about fear that i see is like one if is a leader if you're thinking leadership yeah, in any sure. kind or you want to lead your mm -hmm, family mm -hmm. impact anybody's life if you don't wrestle fear and understand what you're most afraid of it will always be driving you you will never understand and know you'll think you're the guy driving the car but you're actually the little kid on the side who's got the plastic steering wheel with the little meep, meep buttons. You know, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, you're steering yeah. nothing. Mm -hmm. Fear is in control in driving. So this is a great topic and a great question. I'm so glad you asked it. And so <laughs> um, I see fear as not uh, good or bad like a lot of people do. It's It really is a, a feeling that God gave us. And some fear is good. Like, I'm afraid of bears. I live in Alaska. Yeah, That's yeah. good. So I don't just go run after them, try to ride them, right? Because yeah, yeah. that would be dumb. I would die. And uh, <laughs> I'd be bare snacks, bare food. Bare and, food. But there are other fears that are driving our life that are really unhealthy. And mm -hmm. um, my friend, he says there's real snakes and rubber snakes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, in these YouTubers, they'll hook a rubber snake to somebody and like, oh, snake, snake. And the guy takes off running, this rubber snake's following him. Yeah. And they'll go forever. They'll uh -huh. never turn around and really look to see, wait, that's wow. just a fake snake. Wow. Really good. Yeah, yeah. All right, fear works the same way. We want to know when there's a real snake in our life versus a rubber snake. And so I'd say that's mm -hmm. kind of one of the things is, is there false fears that are driving us? that really are driving us to do unhealthy things and unhealthy behaviors rather than real healthy fears that are driving us to stay safe, real safety. Mm -hmm. So um, when I look at my own life, uh, I have already been sort of talking about this, but um, the fear of um, my fear to be safe, like, because I have this, uh, I have this desire to be safe, right? I mm -hmm. really want to be safe. So I'm really afraid of someone hurting my heart, the most vulnerable part of who I am, mm -hmm. or a fear of being misunderstood or represented, which triggers all kinds of shame, yeah. toxic shame. So any place where I've truly failed, I never want anyone to ever see where I've really failed. Mm -hmm. That is the scariest thing for me yeah. ever, because if I failed, then you don't love me. Then you're going to leave me and mm -hmm. I'll be alone. So one of the deepest and most prevalent fears that have driven my life and it's manifested in all kinds of ways, all, and I use a lot of my strengths, my, my charisma and all that stuff to keep myself safe from anyone ever trying to leave me. But then I'll just run myself ragged trying to please everyone and make sure I give them everything that they need so that they won't leave me. But this becomes very selfish, right? It's all about protect me, protect me, rather than I'm actually wow, really serving good. and doing the things the Lord has for me. So, um yeah. Those, some of those things that you do when you feel like, okay, you know what? This isn't a healthy fear. What do you do to overcome that, you know? Okay, so one, looking at it honestly and then telling yourself the truth. Mm -hmm. Then tell someone else the truth. So you have to expose, basically you're exposing that lie. That's right. Right? Yep. And guys, I'll just tell you that I've never seen anyone 
just declare and pray their way out of fear and anxiety. <laughs> You're not going to do that. And I'm not saying we don't do that, but you, that fear actually has to be laid down mm-hmm. and seen differently and given to the Lord. There's a couple really cool processes. And if you have the money to do something like this, it will change your life. If you get with a real counselor, and I've done more hours with counselors personally for me as a pastor and leader to help me grow and work on fear, shame, anxiety, and uh, to to get free. If I can't get free and healthy, how can I lead anyone else to get free? That's and healthy? really good. Right? Wow. So you can't lead someone to a place you're not willing to go yourself. So mm-hmm. humility God says God, he gives grace to the humble. So for me, I want to be a healthy leader and healthy person. And so I have in, injected myself into ca- all kinds of counseling. I've done everything you possibly yeah. imagine yeah. just to find out how can I get free of this. But the EMDR process in counseling, EMDR, that is one of the most effective ways to go to the subconscious place in your life and help dismantle some of these places in your life with fear. So your brain actually develops from the brace, the base of your stem up and then left to right. And then your your executive function, the front of your brain develops last. The neocortex. Yep. The ability to like bring it all together, right? So in the base of your brain is your limbic system, mm-hmm. which you have all your long-term memory and your feeling-based memory. So in that space is where fear is. That's where shame is. This is where all of the power spaces are in your subconscious. Fight or flight, right? Fight or flight or freeze, right? And so... Your fear base there is a that, that subconscious place is like a thousand times stronger than your executive function. Mm-hmm. You can't win. You can't just declare, rub a bunch of Jesus butter on this stuff. You you can't just declare a bunch of scriptures and like, oh, Jesus butter, you know, put butter on your bread, it tastes better. You don't just put butter on your dysfunction and it gets better. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to that's be, what we use Jesus, right? Like a like a sprinkling of a seasoning. Yeah, he's a little seasoning. seasoning. Just yeah. rub a little butter yeah, on there, yeah. a little scripture, whatever. You gotta burn that sucker like, out. You know, if I just went to church a few more times or read my Bible a few more times, guess what? You'll be the same. Wow. <laughs> you won't be changed. You've got to take Jesus into that hurt and into that memory, into your subconscious, into the place, your feeling-based center, your long-term memory, where you got hurt, where you got afraid as a kid, as a young person. Mm -hmm. You got scared for a reason. Someone left you. Someone hurt you. Someone abandoned you. Something happened to you in that space, and you need to have the courage to go back to that, and that's the scariest thing to do. Because I don't know why that scares us so much, but in our limbic system, it's where when we're afraid there, Pain. pain equals death. Because if you get left at the store and your yeah. mama doesn't take care of you, you starve to death as a little kid, right? So, like, yeah. we get scared of death mm-hmm. in those places. And so, uh, like, I'm scared to death. Sometimes we're like, why do I get so scared? I, I would be locked up so afraid of disappointing people that I could, as a pastor, yeah. I could no longer answer my phone. So, like, I got so paralyzed and I was like, man, I'm so afraid of answering my phone. I couldn't return phone calls. I was having, like, a panic attack, basically, yeah. when my phone would ring. And I'm like... I think I can't pastor unless I get this fixed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, one of the things I did is just dive into that space, the counseling space. I'd get help. How about relationships? Just full circle about we're talking yeah. relationships. Yeah, I built relationships with friends, other pastors, yeah. told them about what was going on. That's I'm so really good. scared. Listen, you can get through this stuff if you're willing to be vulnerable. Tell mm. yourself the truth. I'm really scared. And I want other somebody I can trust or at least experiment on trusting. Mm-hmm. Tell them the truth. Trust the process. Bring Jesus into those deep places of your life. And That's he's going to set you free, right? But you yeah. have to tell him the truth. That's good. That's, so That's good. good. Hey, you know what? So what I'm hearing is that, uh, you know, I love the Bible because it says that you have to be born again. And what I hear you saying, the answer is to have 
new experiences to deal with your deeply rooted issues. And so uh, let me tell you something, Pastor Josh. You can, uh, where they can find you, Unite Church, AK, right? Dot org, yeah. Dot org, man. Find Pastor Josh. If you're in Alaska, that's where you need to be. This guy is amazing. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Pastor Josh. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to This Is Real. Be sure to watch us on YouTube at This Is Real with Juan Martinez. And if you're looking for a home church, you can visit us at www.getwrapped.tv for all of the information. Or you can write us at P.O. Box 671-626, Houston, Texas, 77267. And we want to send a special thank you to all of our partners for making this show possible by showing love and support. And if you would like to become a partner with us, you can do so by visiting JuanMartinez.tv. And we're going to end the show with the heavy hitter of the week. We've been killing it every single week, and we're so mm. excited to announce to you guys. The heavy hitter this week is with uh, the song Cup of Joe by Josiah Williams. And I feel like it's perfect because Alaskans love them some coffee. <laughs> Man, you say go and go along with coffee. Exactly. Man, this is an incredible show. And as we like to say every week, that's that's a wrap. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Josiah Williams. Yeah, yeah. And I came to praise God. Yeah, yeah. We gonna let it ride. It's a blessing. It's an honor. It's a joy that you're taking this journey with me. So let's, uh, let's not waste any more time. <laughs> yeah. I don't doubt the motive. I know it's good if you plan it. Spirit on my shoulders. It's never too much to manage. Place to represent. Do my part to control the damage. Trying to make an impact. The way to phrase, yes, we can do it. Keep my circle open, knowing God's at the center. My tonality is warm, so y'all can vibe in the winter. I know you die for the sinners. I know you rise like a winner. Gave me a spot at the table so I can dine when it's dinner. The better life. Let's me know I'm fully supported. You gave me life when I was born. You give me life every morning. That's how I know I want more than simply living in moments. That's how I know I was destined to speak the name of the chosen. Yeah. Cup of Joe, fill it up. Overflow. Raise it high, lift it up. Overflow. Morning time. With the Lord, overflow. Glory goes to God, so you know just how the story goes. Cup of Joe, fill it up. Overflow. Raise it high, lift it up. Overflow. Morning time with the Lord, overflow. Glory goes to God. Glory goes to God. I practice yoga with my wife and now I'm grounded. This ain't just Shavasana to help when my mind is clouded. Holy Spirit found me. I'm at peace knowing I'm surrounded. I knew the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound is. Now I hear it deeply embedded. In this music I edit. The energy ain't kinetic. It's more like holy prophetic. And I ain't talking about I. I'm a wretch. I'm pathetic. Gave me a seat at the table. That's why I give you the credit. The bread of life. Let's me know I'm fully supported. You gave me life when I was born. You give me life every morning. That's how I know I want more than simply living in moments. That's how I know I was destined to speak the name of the chosen. Yeah. Cup of Joe, fill it up. Overflow. Raise it high. Lift it up. Overflow. Morning time with the Lord. Overflow. Glory goes to God so you know just how the story goes. Cup of Joe, fill it up. Overflow. Raise it high. Lift it up. Morning time with the Lord. Overflow. Glory goes to God. Send the glory goes to God. Let it ride. Now I know that every single morning, best morning of my life. Yeah. Now I know every single morning I can go and get it right. Yeah. All I had to
to do is make a change, make it happen deep inside. I'ma let it ride, let it ride, 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 yeah. Hey, Burt Lardale here with the Whether You Like It or Not update. Did you enjoy that sunshine this morning? <laughs> well, too bad, because that certainly isn't what the rest of the day is going to look like. Mostly cloudy skies right now, preparing the city for severe thunderstorms to be steady through the night. <laughs>